Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip On This. I am very excited to present this next episode with my guest, Raven Marie. She has such an incredible story and journey into how she got into all of the different healing modalities that she works with, including being a Reiki master and working with the plant medicine Iboga, being a co-facilitator and working with people on the integration. She has such an incredible story and is also an incredible storyteller. I think most of you will be on the edge of your seat like I was because I just thought, wow, what a life, what a journey. And it's a true story about faith and faith in the divine and faith in what her path is uh, on on this earth plane and what she's doing. And it was incredibly inspiring to listen to her. You know, I know for myself, I was, as I was listening to her story, I just saw so much of myself in what she went through and where she's at now. And it's just beautiful when you can meet someone for the first time, and truly connect with them. I hope you all feel the same way when you listen to this. And of course, for those interested in hearing about Iboga, she is a wealth of knowledge from what it can do to just some of the practicalities around who's it for, how do you take it, what does the preparation look like. So great episode all around. A couple quick things before the episode begins. If you're not following me on socials, please do so at trip on this underscore pod. Again, that's at trip on this underscore pod for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and backslash trip on this pod for Facebook. Again, if you're liking this show and you want to help support me, please send it out to your friends, your family, your loved ones. It is all incredibly helpful. And with that, please enjoy this next episode with Raven Murray. Raven, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to trip on this. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be such an epic time together. I am so full of gratitude to you for asking me to join you and to, you know, give a little bit of information and insights and entertainment and, and a fresh perspective on, on the sacred plant medicine Iboga. So my God, the the feeling is so mutual. I just was so drawn (laughs) to you when I saw you, when I reached out and you said, yes, I'm just fangirling already. We haven't even started. So um, <laughs> let's let's just start there for people. I'd love, before we even get into Iboga and your relationship to it, take us back a little bit. What's your background? What's your journey to this point? Okay. Well, I think the best place to start would be really when I began to move out of a space of deep pain that I was in. I was 29 years old. I was living in Miami. I was working in the nightlife. I, at this point, I had a lot of unresolved issues, right? I had a lot of things that happened to me when I was young. I had a lot of abuse. I had just, I I, I got into a point where all the things that had happened to me throughout my, up until that point, none of it had actually been properly addressed. And so I I found myself in a space where my relationships weren't working my financials were not working. I was just, I was miserable. I was um, having very deep states of anxiety. 
I didn't know I was having anxiety, right? Because it wasn't really a thing for me. Yeah. I just thought that this is how I was, yeah. right? I couldn't sleep properly at night. And here I was in the nightlife and I didn't grow, I didn't graduate from college. And where I grew up, it was like, well, if you didn't have a college degree, you weren't going to amount to anything. So I had this very small, low self-esteem about myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't know myself. I didn't value myself. I didn't appreciate myself. I had a very strong relationship of self-hatred that I would cover up very well, right? I was very liked by my friends. I was the life of the party. I was fun. I was, you know, people were, were, were interested in me per se. And so I would only let people get so close. So they were never really able to see what was really happening with me. Right. And that was something that you develop as a child, especially when you've had abusive experiences, you start to kind of see the world from a step back. You know, you're always on observation. And because of that, you let people in, you know, little bit by little bit. And so at this point, no one really knew that I was going through a deep state of depression. Mm -hmm. No one really knew anything really. And so in the nightlife, I had been there for a number of years and I didn't really want to be there. I wasn't yeah. really your typical nightlife girl per se. It was fun. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. a blast yeah. and I had very great moments, but it wasn't something that like I felt good in my, in my doing yeah. per se. I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I didn't make, I wasn't like the girl that made a lot of money because I would be like actually talking to my like clients like, why are you buying this bottle? Get the cheaper yeah, one. Like yeah, that was yeah. not the idea of employee, let right. me tell you, honey. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so towards the end of my working there, you know, I was really seeing that I, my, my life wasn't in a good space. I was doing cocaine every night at work. I was drinking every night at work just to be able to make it through, yeah. you know, the night. Yeah. And so at this point is, you know, I, I started very late with, with, with plant medicines or, or anything of a substance per se. The first time I actually got high, I was 25 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm 36. And so it was around the same time that I had had my first experience with actual mushrooms. And so at this point, I didn't recognize this as a sacred medicine either. I thought it was a fun trip, right? And I proceeded to have the most benevolent spiritual experience. But because I was disconnected from that aspect of myself, I did not realize that that is what has happened. I thought Mm. it was just something I made up in my mind. Mm. There was just a disconnection from that experience, right? And so can you you talk about a little bit about what what you meant by that? Oh, my God. So, yeah, girl, it was wild. I was with a friend of mine. We were at his uh, at his loft. He lived in Miami. He's a photographer. He's amazing. And so his whole loft was just full of like photographs and art. And it was just badass, girl. And so we did mushrooms that day. And so that was my first time ever. No, my second time. It was my second time ever doing that. But my first time having this kind of experience. And so. I remember us going onto the rooftop of his building and me looking in the sky and like the clouds, like turning into this woman and she began to speak to me and she began to tell me that my life was going to be changing and that I was going to be moving into this new aspect and was telling me that I need to prepare myself. And so as she was explaining this to me, I kid you not. As she would say certain things, it was uh, my friend, and I don't want to say his name because I don't know if people are told that, but I was with my my friends, but as she would speak, there would be points where she would stop speaking and they would fill in the gaps with the exact same end of her. It was, you cannot imagine how gnarly this experience was. And so literally it began to turn into this journey. And so we went back into his loft and 
I went into this room. And so I was sitting in like the room, it was like this dressing room and I'm sitting in there and she's talking to me and she's telling me about how she's going to show me these different somethings. I don't, I don't remember, but she wanted to show me different things. Yeah. And so as she says this, my friend's friend goes, so are you ready? And it was just, I was like, <gasps> okay. I have chills and listening so to your I, story. I kid you not. It was <laughs> the gnarliest thing, girl. Oh, I'm and so he did and so literally I go in, I go out of the, the, he's like leading me. He walks me into this other room. And so I go into the it's a kitchen. I go into the kitchen and immediately I feel like this very dense, heavy energy. And I'm like, oh, like I recognize it. Maybe I had even like these different doors were showing me different doorways per se. And uh-huh. I was walking through them. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the kitchen and I felt like this, like I had to get out of there. And so I, I got out of the kitchen and then, um, and then Michael goes, so you didn't like that either. So it was just very weird how they were navigating yeah. with me. Yeah. And so then she started, so I model. And then, so it was interesting. So as she'd be telling me certain things, I would turn around and the picture one of his photographs will be depicting like different aspects of what she was. It was, let me tell you, it was so powerful, but at the same time I was, I was in this very pain space, right? It's like, sometimes you have these very powerful experiences, but if you're not, that's a very external experience is a very, um, it's a beautiful experience that puts you outside of yourself. Right. And it's not really requiring you to really look at things on a deep level within. So although I had that beautiful experience of like, you know, a week later I was back into my pain. Right. Yeah, it was yeah, like, you know, yeah. it was, it was fun. Right. Yeah. And so here I am in at, 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 at Miami in the nightclubs and I'm in this space. And I remember praying this prayer and I prayed, I just really prayed for help. It was a prayer. Like I had never prayed before. And I grew up Southern Baptist. And although um, as I grew up, I never, I like religion, something for me with religion, I just couldn't really resonate with, but I always knew that there was this higher power. I believe really strongly in yeah. that. And so, and so I, it was a very conflicting relationship, even growing, growing up as a child, because you have these questions that you're not really meant to have. And it was just, a, it was, it was, it was, it was a whole thing. Yeah. So here I am and I pray this prayer. And the very next day, all of these new people start showing into my life. And they were speaking about consciousness and, 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 and meditation and just things that were really like, although it was like, I prayed for different, it was a little bit too different and a little bit too far out of the scope of where I was in that moment. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. And so then I started seeing the number 1111 everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the one. Mm-hmm. So 1111 was showing up for me everywhere. And this was like, what, seven years ago. So this was like before it was like, you know, 1111 was like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. people were like, yo, what, what the heck is wrong with you? Right. Yeah. So I'm like seeing 1111. And I think it was, I don't even know. I think this was the moment where I decided, what does this mean? Yeah. I was walking down the street at this point. It was like 1111 on my receipts. I was always catching it on the clock. It was just everywhere. And so I'm walking down the street one day and this guy walks past me and he has an 11 jersey on. And as he's walking, I kid you not, as he's walking across the street, there's another guy walking and there's two 1111s. And I'm like, okay, what does this mean? Wow. And so I look up 1111. It was like this activation call, this wake up call, like your guys are trying to get your attention and all these different things. And you know, it took a while for me to start really speaking to people about the experience I'm going to share with you now. Yeah. Um, but I believe it's a very important experience. I believe that people have these kinds of experiences and we've been so trained out into the space of stigma that we are afraid to speak about experiences that we may have with benevolent beings. Yeah. Yep. And so 
this was like a not I don't I don't remember how long after the prayer, but I was with my best friend Paula. I will say her name because she will never mind. Yeah. And uh, we were at a friend of mine's house, and, and we was a Sunday. We were hanging out. Yeah. There were no drugs involved. Everything was absolutely normal per right, se, you know, right. quote unquote, whatever, whatever that and, means. Yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. that means. And so the way they explain it is that I began to laugh, and I looked into the corner of the room. And I took this very deep breath and I stopped breathing. And during this time, this benevolent being came to me and it showed me as a ball of light surrounded by other balls of light, blessing my journey to come here. And it was showing me how my best friend Paula had been with me lifetime after lifetime before and that she was like a guardian and protector of mine. And it was because in that moment of life, she was my, she was my medicine. She was my, you know, she was everything for me. And so with that being said, they were panicking. They were like trying to pull me out of it. And this being wasn't done communicating with me. And it was, I don't know. I don't know how long it took before they got me out of it, but it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me because I had never had some like plant with, with mushrooms. Yeah. What are you, what are you going to expect? But when this is like a regular Sunday yeah. and something like that happens to you, it, 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 it changes things. Yes. Right. Yep. And so, um, it was a very scary experience for me. It took a minute, but then after that, nothing, nothing was the same. Yeah. Nothing was How the same. I could, I could never go back. And so it wasn't long after that, that I quit my job in the nightlife. It was funny. I went, I, I had just bought a bag of cocaine and I go into the bathroom and I get ready to do this bump and I see myself in the mirror and I'm like, yo, like, this was not the plan. Like, what, who are you right now? This is not it. Yeah. And girl, I quit. I quit right there. I had just gotten a brand wow. new apartment. I had just gotten a brand new Mercedes Benz. I had no money saved and I quit. I quit immediately. I was like, fuck everything. I'm out of here. I don't know what I'm worth, but I'm willing to bet on myself in this moment. Whatever the fuck is coming next, it's got to be better than this. Oh. And I walked out. I left. Woo. I quit. Yep. And so it's funny. So at this point I had, I got in a two bedroom and I had a girlfriend of mine, she moved in. And so I would see with her, I would sit with her in the morning and then she would go to work. And at this point, I know it sounds strange, but there was this tree in the, the back of my apartment building at that time. And I remember one morning looking at this tree and the way the light was hitting the tree, it really put me into this trance. Mm -hmm. And so I began to do this. I began to sit for hours and I would drop into this trans-like state and I would just be sitting and staring at that tree. Yeah. And I didn't know that I was meditating. I had no idea what I was doing. None of, none of where I am now was anything of awareness to me in that moment. I was yeah. just doing what I was feeling compelled. I was listening to something that was bigger than outside noise. Yes. And so I was doing that. And, you know, it's funny because as I started doing that, I started feeling like really strong. I started feeling like, like, I don't know. I, after this, I felt like spirit was talking to me everywhere. And so I started acting like it. And so after 11, 11, I also started drop, dropping into my numbers, numerology. Yep. And so I quit my job. There's no money saved. How are you going to pay for an apartment? Right. Yep. And then my numbers are starting to tell me that I'm getting ready to leave where I am and I'm going, I'm flying away. My numbers are telling me this and the people around me who loved me and cared for me, they thought that something was wrong. Yeah. And so, because, you know, I'm not operating in the way you're supposed to operate. Yep. I quit my job and I'm not looking for a job. I am getting more jo joyful, although things seem to be falling apart. And so this is starting to cause concerns for my family. This is starting to cause concerns for my friends. And so if you don't pay for shit, you can't keep shit. Yeah. So they told me I had to get out of that apartment, right? Yeah. And so here I was with this apartment full of all this stuff and 
I look around and my numbers are telling me I'm going to leave. And at this point, I'm feeling my deep connection to the universe. I don't even know what that means in the moment, but I, I feel that. Yeah. And I'm like, how can I display my trust? How can I display my faith? How can I act in radical trust in this moment? And so I have all this stuff in my house, all this stuff, all this weight, all this mess, TVs, sofas, bedroom, just stuff. We, we tie so tight to the stuff. Yep. And I just knew that where I was going, I didn't need that stuff. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying to sell the stuff, where I lived, there were people um, who worked the lands and, you know, they would do whatever. Do you not know I packed a suitcase with my clothes? I left everything in that apartment and I left a note for the people who worked that property to keep and take everything in that place. And I left. What? Oh, I left my. it all. Oh, my. I left it all. What a journey so far. So... Yeah. Right. So wild. Um, and so obviously that would make people get even more concerned. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. And so, and, and so there's this, 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 and it was interesting because I had always been someone that I, I, as a child, I wasn't allowed to have my own opinions. I wasn't allowed to express feelings. I wasn't allowed to be emotional. You know, I would, I, I had to be a good girl. I had to, you know, be a certain way. And so I felt so suppressed, you know, I, I wasn't yeah. given choice. It, there were no choices when I was growing up is this is what it is. And yeah. that's that. You know, I I didn't have a lot of freedom growing up. And so there was just like all these different things that were coming at me that were really pushing me to 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 take my power. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. But I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. And it's like, and on the outside world, we're with the high fucking mess. There was no money. There was no live. And I'm like, everything's great. Yeah. And (laughs) and so. Yeah. So I leave the house and I I move in on my best friend's couch and I go outside on her patio and I find me a new tree. Perfect tree. Yeah. It's a new tree. And so I drop back into this again. And so this is now starting to become very concerning because I'm not looking for work and I'm sitting with trees. And but at this point, I'm praying a prayer and I'm praying a prayer for every day spirit to send me three people that I can impact their life in one way or another. And I, I promise you, every day I was getting my three whether they were calling me, whether I was meeting them at a gas station, whether I was meeting them down the street, you can, you can imagine how magnetic, magnetic I was at that time. And people were just coming to me. And so I was feeling like, oh my gosh, it was, I don't, I I can't even explain how like the light and the radicalness and that, that openness and that, that sheer connection that I had. Mm -hmm. And so, so here I am and I'm with this tree. And at this point I'm starting to like channel and pick up messages and all this other stuff. And everyone's like, look for a job. But I'm like, no, I'm about to go. And they're like, where are you going? Because you ain't got no money. And I'm like, no, trust me, I'm going. And so what really tipped it off was one night I wake up in the middle of the night, my best friend's at work. And all of a sudden, you know what I can feel? I can feel all the trauma, all the pain, all the sadness, everything that ever happened to me. I can feel it in my hair. I can feel it in my hair. And that was the first time I ever shaved my head. By the and way, so you look this- so stunning with no hair. I mean, what a Thank you. Just, just such a beautiful face, a perfect head. Like seriously. Thank you. I was like, and I would not this look, this would not be a vibe on me. You look gorgeous. You know, I'll, I, you know, and we'll speak about this too, because even this has been a journey and this actually ties in with Iboga, you know, cause the first time I shaved my head, I kept it for a little while and then I immediately put another wig on it, you know, mm-hmm. and and, you know, and, and at the, so at this point, I'm really big with the makeup. I'm really big with the dramatics. I'm, I'm big on all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it's a thing for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny to be here now with like a bald head. Like, ah! oh, man, it looks, <laughs> it looks so awesome. 
so yeah, but the thing was that my best friend comes home and she's like, why do you have a hoodie on? And I'm like, oh, I'm cold. And she's like, well, why are you cold? And I take my hoodie off and she's like, oh my God. Like that's when everyone thought I was crazy. And people actually stopped like wanting to be around me. It was because no one can, no one understood. Yeah. And I got, and it, now I understand that in the, in the moment, it was actually very painful to, to see people actually stepping away from me. Vibrationally, um, but, but their vibration, it's, you know, yeah, vibration not match. match anymore. It didn't match. Yeah. It didn't match. We were on two different frequencies, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. So anyway, so here I am on my best friend's couch and staring at trees, thinking I'm about to go somewhere and it happened. And so one day there was a guy who used to work with us in the nightlife. He came from Vegas, worked for a little while and went back. He worked in VIP hospitality. He didn't like it. And he reached out to her randomly. He didn't know they weren't friends. And he reaches out to her and he goes, hey, Paula, I have a friend who's a headhunter and they're looking for someone who can manage a nightclub in Dubai, but they have to be able to go now. Do you know anybody? And she came out and she was looking at me like she had seen a ghost. And I was and I knew that job was mine. I knew that was it. I didn't care. I didn't I didn't bother to look into the research as far as who applied. You better believe within a matter of weeks, I was on a flight to Dubai, living in an apartment that was paid for with the phone that was paid for and everything. I was I, gone. More chills. I like seriously, you could see was, my arms right now. I'm like, wow. It's wild. I was gone. <laughs> I was gone, girl. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, this is when I really, like, I, I, I was already known, but this is when people started to actually start to take notice. This is when my friends started to get curious because they were like, you okay, know, good what things is are going happening on now. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. Uh, right. So, so there's that. And so I'm getting ready to leave. And, and, and so the day before I leave to go to Dubai, one of my really close friends came to say goodbye to me and he brought his mom. And she walks in, she's this little woman and she has on the crystals and the jewels and yep, all the things yep. that made me, it was all the things that make sense now. But yes. in the moment I was just like, whoa, right? <laughs> yeah. And she came in and she took one look at me and she goes, my goodness, you have so much power in your hands. You should be channeling Reiki. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, oh, it's the channeling of chi prana of energy out of your hands into a person. And although I had had these experiences and although I was hearing these, like that was something that was still, you know, the, the, I was not someone that received things, certain things like immediately, like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, you're crazy. And it's nice to meet you. I'm going to go to Dubai. I'll see you later. Right. Yeah, Cause that yeah, was just yeah. way, it was way, way too far. And it's funny because I had a memory. I'll, I'll share it with you really quick. I had a memory of me being a little girl um, after I got my attunement and my mom falling and me running to try to put my hands on her knee because I thought my I, as a child I knew that my hands could could help her and yeah. her hitting my hand away and me never trying to do that again and it's interesting how we we know these mm. things that ch as children and yep. how different things they impact us and they stop us from yes. you know yeah um yep. so she says that I ignore it I go to Dubai and would you believe I absolutely hated it mm. I hated it. Um, I didn't hate Dubai. I hated my, I, I didn't, you know what? Let's, let's, let's reframe that. Okay. That's not the, that, let's, let's reframe that. I went to Dubai and it was an absolutely challenging experience that made me confront myself in ways that I was not prepared to confront myself. Because one thing that I thought, one thing that I was very delusionized and thinking that when I went to Dubai, that things would change. Yeah. And then I had to realize no matter where you go, there you are. Yep. Right. No matter where you go, there you are. You cannot run away from your stuff, your shit, your nothing. Nope. Right. Yep. And so 
here I am in Dubai. I'm being confronted with all these things. My my job, uh, I'm 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 managing. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with royalty. I'm dealing yeah. with mafia. I'm dealing with all kinds of people. Yeah. Um, in very intense settings. Um, and alcohol it was that re- that's fueled, alcohol. like just all you the vices even, oh, that oh, become. Oh my goodness, girl! I'm sure, like, like other even substances. Even though I had moved into management, <laughs> even though I moved into management, management, and even though it was luxury. It still, I, I realized that's when I was like, well, maybe this line, actually, it wasn't me. It was actually my manager at the time who, although I haven't spoke to him again, his name was Jake. And if he ever hears this podcast, thank you so much, Jake, because I was having a difficult time with, with meeting the expectations of what they were hoping for as yeah. a, as in the management, what they were hoping for was for me, I couldn't. And he says to me, well, Raven, maybe like, this isn't like the line of work for you. And at the my at the moment, I remember I remember feeling like super like 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 kind of like a cut. Yeah, like but not good enough for tr- it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I felt very because I was like, well, what else am I if I'm not this? Like, yeah. what else do I do, right? Yep. And so at this point, I so I decided to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I decided to quit. Okay. And I was going to go back to the states, and I was dating a guy at a time, and he got a job to go and in Hong Kong and Macau to be the F and B director there, and he asked me to move with him. And we were all in love and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. And so I moved with him mm-hmm. and I go there and it took not a few, not only a few weeks, but it crashed and burned so severely. Wow. And I wound back up in Miami. And so I came back to Miami and I felt really defeated. You know, I, yeah. I went out to, to conquer the world and I came back with nothing to show for it. That was a story I was telling myself. Right. Yeah. So a lot of self-punishment. You know, and, and I was always a hypercritical person of myself as a child. I was always like, it just perfection was a thing. And so, yeah. you know, just like you're, you're, we are taught through how we are spoken to as children, how to speak to ourselves as adults. Yep. Right. And so my internal dialogue was very self-punishing. Mm. And now I realize like how much that was hurting me even more. But I got back to Miami and I said to myself, you know what? Maybe I should check out this Reiki thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe. What happened was before I left Dubai, I had a session. And in that session, I didn't necessarily feel anything, but I remember it felt like it it, it seemed as if someone had walked into my head and cut on a purple, vibrant light. Wow. And so, and yeah, and it was purple, vibrant the entire session. I mean, purple, vibrant is the highest... Chakra. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but the thing was, I, that was enough to make me very curious, yeah. you know, like, cause I didn't feel anything per sure. se, but I was like, but what was that? Right. Yeah. And then within a matter of days, I shortly noticed that things started to begin to move in my external world. You know, when you have an energy session or any form of energy work, yeah, you're balancing out your energetic body, but your energetic body is the foundation of everything that you see in the external. Yep. So if you're shifting your internal, that's going to shift as well. So I yeah. started seeing that. I got to Miami, got back, and I said, well, maybe I want to do this Reiki thing. Let's see. And so I was looking for Reiki masters, and I wasn't finding anyone that I aligned with. And at this point, I had also gotten a job. I went to a place called Violi in Miami. I, just, I said to myself, it's been a long year. I don't want to actually do work. I don't want to manage shit. I want to go somewhere, do minimal work and collect the check. So I said, <laughs> at least you're being honest. Until I, yeah. Yeah. Until yeah. I figure out what I wanted. Like yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. And instead of, and so instead of trying to force myself into figuring it out, I figured I would do something that would, you know what I mean? While yeah. I, while that came to me. Yeah. And so I go to Bioli, I apply as a hostess. Um, and it's like this really cool swanky place in Miami is, it's, it's more of a restaurant lounge, but it's smaller. 
And so I got hired there and <laughs> I work one day and the next day I go back to work and they're like, Raven, listen, we can't just have you being a hostess. Like you're way too skilled. You're way like, you're like, can we please like promote you to like uh, some form of management? And I, I, I didn't want to say yes, but I finally said yes. And so the very next day I had to go into the office. And so I go into the office and that night before is when I prayed that prayer to send me the guide for, you know, Reiki. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, well, if I'm meant to do it, then you show me because I'm not finding the right person. Right. Yeah. And so here I am in this office on this day and this woman walks in and she looks at me and she's like, Oh my God, Raven, I am so excited to see you. It has been so long. Oh my goodness. Listen, I'm going to a Reiki circle tonight. You must join me. Oh my goodness. Wow. Your life is just synchronicity. Just oh, full it's of it's so Oh, good. keep going, it's so please. Cool. It's so cool. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sure, absolutely. And so I go into the circle and she doesn't even show up. But when the Reiki, she doesn't even go. She doesn't, she doesn't but, even but go. That does, it doesn't matter because she got she got you there. Yeah, the exactly. It she was, needed it was to amazing. get you there. Yeah. It was so divinely guided. Yeah. I, it, was, it was mind-blowing. And so as soon as the Reiki master walked in the door, I knew in that instant that she was my Reiki master. And I went to her after the circle by the end of the first, by the end of that week, I was Reiki level one. And I began to do a 21 day healing process. And on my 21 day, I went and I got my um, second level attunement. And that's when you can serve other people. And so then people started to come into my life who needed, who could benefit from it. I was giving it to coworkers. I was giving it to friends. Everyone was getting Reiki. I was, was, oh my gosh. And it was interesting because I went from not really feeling as if I knew what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden having a lot of clarity, you know, growing up, I knew I always wanted to help people. That was always a thing for me growing up. It was like, I want to be a counselor and I want to be a model. It was always the two. It was never one or, or it was, I want to be a doctor and I want to be a model Mm -hmm. or I want to be a psychologist or I want, and I want to be a model. It was always model. And though one of those three is not my home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know, as, as I got older, you know, I would notice that if I would watch, you know, TLC and they were performing a surgery that I didn't do well with blood. I'm like, okay, so doctor, maybe not be, yeah, may not yeah, work, yeah, probably you know, not. And, and, you know, so then I go to university and I get, I, I major in psychology and my first year in psychology, I did not resonate with it. It was going in one ear and out the other. And so yeah. I was like, well, damn, all the stuff that I thought I was going to do. And I don't, I don't fit into any of that. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it, so it was very defeating, you know, cause you're trained that these are the ways. Right. Yeah. And so, okay. I do level two Reiki and then I'm, I'm excited girl. So I quit my job there and I said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to focus on, you know, I, I decided I was going to use my license. I was a licensed esthetician skincare. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, I'm going to use my license for a while. And so I hopped a few places and I wound up at European Wax Center. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Girl, let me tell you about European Wax Center. I, I've been. I won't tell you, I won't <laughs> tell you about it, but I'll tell you about it per se in a sense of that became a place where women were coming in there to get waxes, girl, and they were leaving out with, I mean, full blown like healing sessions. We were in there talking and we were, I mean, it was wild how it was happening. The girls at the front desk would be like, what are you saying to those women in there? Wow. They're coming in, hanging in the face and they're coming out like big smiles. And like, I was just, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I learned very clearly how I had a knack of connecting with people. Yes. And it was like this very, very organic way that I don't, I, I don't grow. I would have people in tears as I'm waxing them. Like it, like, be <laughs> yeah. And they're happy tears, not, uh, not yeah, tears from waxing. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah and that was really pushing me to want to like move more into you know into those things and so here's how it got very interesting with um everything has a point I promise so I'm working at European Wax Center I wanted to focus more on my Reiki and so one night again what did I do I made a prayer yeah what was my prayer my prayer was that if I meant to move independently and like focus on Reiki then show me, give me signs, right? Yeah. So at the very next day, at this point, I have a big, huge afro. It's drama, girl. It's so dramatic. <laughs> it's amazing. It's drama. It's, it's girl. It is, it, is, it is serious. I love it. And so, <laughs> and so on my breaks, I would take little walks around the block, right? And so um, this woman comes in and she's like, oh my God, we saw you this morning. And I'm like, who was we? And she goes, oh, I work over at the chiropractic office around the corner. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, do you guys, would you be interested in having a Reiki practitioner? She's like, oh my God, I think that he would love to have that. And I was like, All wow, right, cool. amazing. So I went and so, so, so that came in the day. I was supposed to get off at one o'clock that day. And for some reason I was scheduled for a double and I was really pissed about it. I had plans. I was on, I was really upset that yeah. I was going to do that double. And spirit always is working in your favor. It's so important yeah. to just surrender to what is showing up in your life because you yeah. never know why it's showing up. Yeah. And so during that session, um, during that time, a woman came in who was a doctor over at University of Miami. And we started speaking about Reiki. And what do you know? She offered me an opportunity to be able to set up and be doing Reiki over there for them. And so all of a sudden it was like these two hits for me to move into Reiki. Wow. Girl, I didn't, I didn't break a beat. I put my resignation letter in immediately. I wow. was like, I, I was a radical truster. I was, yeah. I, I, I was probably too radical for most people's taste, but I went with it. But you know, and that's, so, that's the way spirit I find yeah, works. I find when you, it's, when you it's move not in safe. Faith, my it's goodness. not safe. Not playing no, safe. Oh my gosh. When you move in faith, when you really just, when you are really willing to move beyond what you think you are capable of, what you think is available to you, when you are really willing to operate from a level of trust and spirit that, that is just beyond this mind comprehension. Oh my gosh. That's when you start to really see miracles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. However, sometimes you have to really lean into the miracle. And yeah. I, I know. I, I know. <laughs> because so, so these two opportunities come, I, I put my resignation letter in the mm -hmm. chiropractic office changes their mind. They don't need a Reiki practitioner. Okay. And then the woman for the hospital, there was whole, so much red tape. So none of those viable options worked out. Got it. And I was like, well, obviously if I was made, if I made that choice, it was for a reason. So obviously there is a place for me to provide Reiki. Yeah. And so I started calming the city. I started going into every space that you can imagine, every yoga studio, every holistic space. I was, I mean, I would go to like three or four a day. I would go back and forth. Yeah. I went to every place in Miami and they either had a practitioner, they weren't looking for one, you know, they weren't available. It was just all these different things. And, 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 and I just could not give up. I was like, I just know for every no, there was a yes. Yeah. For every no, there was a yes. I, I keep going. And I, I don't get me wrong. It, it felt defeating sometimes. Sure. You know, you, you go to five places in the day after you just put your other job. And you're like, Lord, Jesus, what did I do? <laughs> you're like, okay, trust, oh right? Goodness. Right? Miracle Zone? <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anybody. Yeah. Throw me okay. a bone. <laughs> so, and so I, I, one morning I wake up and I said, you know what? Maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. And I never thought to look up the word wellness. And so I typed, I looked up holistic, I looked up spa, I looked up yoga studio, but mm -hmm. never the word 
wellness. Yeah. And I looked up wellness and there it was love life wellness center. And I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. I'll check that place out. And so I go and it's like one of the grandest spaces out of all the ones I've went to. I mean, it is, it is amazing. Yeah. And I go there and I speak to the woman and would you believe in less than 10 minutes, she had offered me the position to be the, um, the, the resident practitioner. Wow. And, 10 minutes and you, you had the job. In, in less than, I kid you not in less than 10 minutes, but in you know less what? Than 10 minutes. You know what? She's speaking as somebody who obviously wants Reiki intuition again. You just know when you know. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it, it is actually I, kind of that quick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we spoke, we connected. She was yeah. like, oh my God, I just, she's like, I just find you amazing. Please, when can you start? And yeah. so then I found out that I was dealing with the number one wellness space in Miami. So after all of that struggle to find a place, I wound up at one of the number one spaces in Miami as the resident practitioner. Damn. Voila. Yep. Right. And so now I'm there and I start, I offer my Reiki in a class. And so first I did a, a class with Megan and she was like, you know what? I think you would be better in a yin class. And so I go and I do the yin class. And at the end, the practitioner, I mean, the teacher, she comes out and she's like, I don't know what that was, but I'm doing an event tomorrow. It's called Deep Frequency. And I would love for you to come and, and do that in the event. And I was like, yeah, of course. So next thing you know, I'm part of this. Um, it was called Deep Frequency. It was a traveling yoga experience. And we would do it at WeWork locations. Then we became affiliated mm -hmm. with the Miami Holistic Board of Chambers. And before you know, it became this really big thing. And so it was a mixture of yoga. And as they were doing yoga, there was Reiki being given. And there was like lights and music. And it cool. was just this really, it was really dope. And so I started doing that with her. So I found myself in service with this modality that was just really opening up a lot of space, right? Yeah. And then the opportunity came. Um, I, there was a spa in South Beach that was opening, and I applied to, to work in a spa, and I ended up becoming and building a whole wellness program for them. So I became the spa director for uh, Space in Miami all of a sudden. So I'm doing this now. And I like this and I'm enjoying this, but yep. then, you know, I started to not feel fulfilled by this and I decided that I wanted to move more independent. Yep. And so I started focusing on helping spas and spaces in Miami to build their clientele and their branding. And one day, this is, it, and this is where, it, this is where Iboga starts to move in. Yep. So one day I am, so I'm doing this independent thing and girl, I have no idea what I'm doing. I am so trying to like become this independent consultant and yeah. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm feeling defeated. <laughs> I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling sad because I know that I have this power to help people. I know that I, I, I know that I'm great at what I do and I have no idea how to put it together. It was just so frustrating to yeah. me. And so my family, I remember this is, a, this is so important. I remember one time I went home to visit my family in the middle of, of my struggle. Right. Yeah. And I, my mom, because, you know, they were like, just get a job. And I'm yeah. like, no, I can't just get a job. Like yeah. I'm not a job person. Like yeah, yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah. I can't yeah. just get a job. Yeah. And they're like, no, you <laughs> need to get a job. a job person. I feel you. There. I just not a job person. <laughs> no way. I can't get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and so my mom looks at me and she goes, you know what, Raven, not everyone gets to live their dreams. And, you know, and it was so instant how I responded to her. And I said, I'm not everybody. Hell yeah. Amen. And it was so instant. And that's when I knew that I was going to be okay. Wow. When I responded in that way, cause I didn't think about it. It just came out. And in that moment, I kid you not, that's when I knew I was going to be okay. So, so many people, so many people yeah. would have, had they not had that, the work and the struggle mm -hmm. and the belief mm -hmm. would have, mm -hmm. that could have been such a, 
that could have stuck. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, so yeah. beautiful oh, yeah. that like oh, yeah. your your soul had other plans. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm good. I, I, I ain't everybody. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you know. Give yourself but- credit, mom. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on now. So, okay. So now, okay. So here I am trying to do this. I am, uh, and one day I'm on Instagram, right? And so, you know, when like, you're like punishing yourself because you're on social media, but you feel like you shouldn't be on social media because you should be doing other productive things. Oh my God, you know those so stories? often. I know that's so yeah. hard. Yeah. So, um, so I'm on Instagram one day and I'm like punishing myself about it. And, you know, self-punishment is such a thing. Oh my goodness. We mm-hmm. punish ourselves in so many different ways. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram and in the back of my head, I'm like, I should be doing this. I should be looking for other things. And I put my phone down and I was like, you know what, Raven? Just commit to enjoying Instagram for five minutes. Just give yourself five minutes and just commit to it and enjoy it. Yeah. And I said, okay, I did do not. I picked my phone up. I scroll up one and there it was. Seeking regional wellness leader for Selena Costa Rica must be willing to travel and da, 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 da. And the person who posted that was a woman who I was collaborating with when I was running that, um, that spa in Miami. Wow. And so I it's again, right it's, that, it's the vibration. It's like you to call oh in, you need to oh change. Oh I do goodness. that too with, with social media. I'm like, mm-hmm. can't, uh, don't do it. Don't do anything out of alignment for you. Mm-hmm. And until mm-hmm. you want to do something, do it mm-hmm. and then cut it. Then do cut it. it when you like just put a parameter yeah. so you don't get lost. But like, yeah, don't do anything. Oof. If you don't want, if you don't feel it, don't do it. And then really just mm-hmm. allow yourself to enjoy it. Stop punishing. I've yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. And if you feel to do it, then fucking do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do, do it. it. You better, you better enjoy I mean, it. Fully, <laughs> I was, what is it about like full commitment? If you're going to make yeah. a choice, if you just fully commit to it, you save yourself so much headache. Cause when yeah. you make a choice and then go back and forth on the choice, like for one, not only does it create a disharmonious resonance within your mental thinking, yep. but it also creates a disharmonious resonance within your energetic vibration. So yep. then your soul, you can't hear the soul. Like you, you are confusing yourself on so yes. many different ways. So yep. you have to commit. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so I slide into her DM. Hey, girlfriend. I don't know if you <laughs> remember re- me. <laughs> I don't know if you remember me, but you know, I wanted you to come and do my, and she's like, oh my gosh, you would be amazing. Da-da-da-da-da-da. You better believe once again, within a matter of weeks, where was I? I was in Costa Rica here working for this company, running the wellness program. Um, I was a regional wellness leader. So overseeing um, eight locations here in Costa Rica, uh, as well as a retreat property. Wow. Okay, so, so like, yes. not only did you, you were ready for something new, suddenly that's a big promotion. You're, you're going to You knew you wanted huge. to leave. You knew you wanted to get out of town at some point. Oh my god! It just gosh, wasn't so Dubai. Huge. <laughs> and you know, what's so funny. I, you know, what's so funny. I had made a vision board too. Yeah. And this vision board, I kid you not, it had white water water rafting it had coast it had all these different things and everything on that board I pretty much freaking did uh, I need to do another one of those actually but anyway so I ended up in Costa Rica and so I am building the wellness programs I'm creating the initiative doing wellness weekends I'm co-producing a wellness festival I'm doing all these different things and on top of that I'm also running a retreat property yep and so this retreat property is a property that's pretty much a blank canvas you know they it was a, a place where we housed many kinds of experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, corporate retreats, yoga teacher trainings, obviously plant medicine. And so it's funny how, how Iboga came in because I had never heard of Iboga. When I first moved to Costa Rica, I said to myself, I said, you know what, you know, plant medicine became something that I began to get curious about 
because in Miami, you would hear about it, like ayahuasca being offered a lot. And as a, even though I wasn't in the world, something told me that that shit, like doing uh, ayahuasca, like without doing it properly and in people's houses and stuff, was just not the way to do it. And so like, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't, I just wasn't open to it. Yep. And so when I got to Costa Rica, I said, oh, this is probably, this is a space where I am opening myself up to experiencing plant medicines. Yep. And so that was my affirmation to the universe. I am ready. I am open. You know, show me. I, yeah. I, and I thought that ayahuasca would be the first plant medicine, right? Because yeah. that's what you know. That's yeah. like the main thing that you hear yeah. about. Yeah. So I, I make this intention to, you know, start sitting with medicines and I'm welcoming them into my life. And at the same time, I'm so busy with everything that I'm doing that I don't really know who's coming to the property at this point until yeah. like they get there. I'll kind of do a little bit of research, but for the most part, yeah. I just kind of like see it when they arrive. Yeah. Right. And so the day of the Iboga retreat retreat arrived and the facilitators got there and Anthony, uh, my beautiful brother, he, he got out and he goes, Oh, you're African. You got to take the medicine. I was mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? And he's like, it's from Africa. And I'm like, Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't Google. I didn't research. I didn't look up any form of information about this medicine. Okay. I just said yes. Okay. I just said yes. Okay. So I had no idea what I was saying yes to. Okay. Okay. Yep. And they proceeded to give me both nights of ceremony. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my very first night of sitting with the medicine. So let's speak. Uh, now that we're here with the boga. Iboga is a medicine of the mind. Of the mind, it is the medicine that purges and cleanses the mind. Okay, um, so iboga is a very internal medicine. is a very rooting, grounding medicine. So what you find a lot is that it works a lot through our ancestral lineages, lineages, because we are carrying things now that we aren't aware of. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is a medicine of the mind. It helps you to purge your mind. It helps you to see and understand why you operate the way you operate, why you mm. do the things that you do. We are, we, we think that like, okay, I am Raven and my personality is me, right? No, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, you may be Raven or Joe or whatever, but your personality is a makeup of all the coping mechanisms that you have created in order to function within this world, yeah. okay? Whether they are serving or not, right? So yeah. we have ways in which we operate some that we are consciously aware of that are serving or not in ways in which we don't. Yeah. And so, um, Iboga is a medicine that is not for everyone, but it is for everyone it is a medicine. Um, that's not for everyone because not everyone is ready and willing to kind of look at themselves to that yeah. capacity. It is a very confronting medicine. Yeah. Okay. It's very confronting. And, 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 and for me, the 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 ability to lean into that discomfort is the real breakthrough right because it is when we are willing to look at the tough stuff or willing to feel the tough stuff that is when we are able to create a lot of space to receive things that you know we would like to have in that place like I'll give you a few examples to my own experience right yeah so a lot of my so my first journey my first experience with Iboga it was actually very, very, very profound for me. I had never really had a deep curiosity about mm-hmm. my ancestry for, I, for, for, for various reasons. I don't know, but I never really had like this deep curiosity to know. Yeah. Right. And so in this ceremony, Iboga, okay. Clarifications about Iboga. Iboga does not work the same for everyone. So if someone is listening to this podcast that is considering working for Iboga, 
understand that my experience will not be like your experience. Okay. No one's experience is the same. That's very important because nobody is the same. Okay. Iboga is a very sophisticated medicine. It is a medicine that goes into your field. It sees what you need Mm -hmm. and it gives you what you need according to that. So you can have, we will have a retreat with eight, nine people and all those people will have a completely different experience, right? So this is my experience that I'm sharing. And it's not really about my experience. It's more so about what I gained, what I, what I learned, what I understood, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So in my experience, there was a lot of reconnecting with my ancestors, right? I had an ancestor who all of a sudden I was in a cave and there was this little bitty woman and she had this beautiful red long dress and she was like the size of a little fairy, and she was floating and wow. she was going and giggling. And I was like, who are you? And then all of a sudden she drops down and she's sitting in this massive throne and she is covered in gold and jeweled army and it's very armor and it's very, you know, Africanized and she's just beautiful. And she's sitting there in her throne and all of a sudden the doors open from both sides of her and a lot of women who look like her, just a whole bunch of her started walking in and they formulate and they close the walls of the space. And then they started walking in and then they all grip me and they all fundle me in and all of a sudden I'm flying. Oh my. And so I'm flying. Oh my God. Yeah. What a remarkable (laughs) um, experience. Okay, go on. It's so beautiful. So I'm flying and then I'm looking down and I see people. And so Iboga is a very inquisitive medicine. You can ask questions to receive answers. That's one of the very unique things about it, right? And so I'm in this journey and I see people walking and I don't ask a question and then I see it again and I see it again. I recognize I'm meant to inquire and I'm like, where are the people going? Where are they walking? And all of a sudden I'm slammed down into the earth and there is this blood gurgling out of the earth and there's torn baby limbs and elders and just people just slaughtered everywhere. And this is my ancestors showing me them being taken from their land, showing me how all of our people were, were annihilated and slaughtered and wow. taken away. And so she was showing me that through this work that I was healing all of that trauma and all that pain and all that sadness has been carried on through our family line. Mm-hmm. And so it was very important work that I was here to do. And so that is when I really started to really understand that the, the connection to our ancestral realms are so important because there's so many clues that are hidden there for us and so much, so much support that is available to us. Right. And so I had that experience. And one of the main things that was happening for me is that I was asking a lot of very simple questions that I feel like can relate to so many people. So one of the first things I asked Iboga, I said, what do I need to do to step into my power? Right. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this hand reaches out of the blackness and it hands me a box and says, I have a gift for you. And so I take the box and so Iboga is very unique. Like you can have a, when you're in Iboga, it's not like a, I don't know if you ever said with ayahuasca, they can be very ethereal and beautiful yeah. and light. This is not the same thing, honey. You're an Iboga journey like me and you were on the phone. Like oh, you would be really in your experience. Like there had been many times I'd take off my mask and be like, where am I here or am I there? Like it is some gnarly shit. Wow. If you were someone who has visions. Yeah. Some other people don't have visions, right? Mm-hmm. So in that, it, so it's, it all is a dance, right? Yep. It's all yep. a dance. Yep. Okay, so- I asked Iboga, what do I need to do to step into my power? And he hands me a box. I have a gift for you. And I open up the box and there's a mirror. And there's this beautiful compact mirror. It's slender. It's black. It's shiny. And it has all these beautiful flowers etched on it. And I opened the compact and the mirror was really dirty. And so I'm looking in this dirty mirror and I'm seeing my eyes and the awareness comes. 
the only thing that I needed to do to step into my power was to embrace all aspects of me, the parts that I found beautiful and the parts that I found dirty that I didn't want to yeah. look at. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. it was a thing like that. And I was like, okay, so it, it answers you. It can be very cheeky. It can be very detailed. It can be yeah. very, you know, simple. It can, it, it shows up in so many ways, but that was a, a message that was conveyed to me. But, but, good, on, but if, good on you for, for the interpretation of it. I mean, yeah, I think that's yeah. credit it was so clear. also to it was you so to understanding clear. like, oh yeah, I've had a very so similar, clear. very similar where I was, I was asking for the same thing. Like it was through, um, I'm going to get into just so much. I want you to finish, no, but, yeah. but basically the message that came through was imagine you are right now, you're a car and your windshield is dirty right now. You can't mm-hmm. see right now. Like mm-hmm. you need to, it was about like embracing, but it was also about like, you can't move forward until you wipe. You need to cl- mm-hmm. clear, clear, wipe mm-hmm. it away so you can mm-hmm. see. So you're energetically yeah. clear. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. But, but good no, on you in okay. the moment. Yeah. I was in a sober state. So, yeah. and for you like to just understand. No, it was like, instant. It, it was so instant. Yeah. It was so instant for me. Um, and just to like, you know, piggyback off of what you're saying, yeah. you know, we, we are, if we just get into the space of just us not recognizing that we're energetic beings and that everything is a frequency and everything has an energy, right? Mm-hmm. When we don't address our, our stuff, yeah. what happens is they create all of these little ripples of disruption within our yeah. field. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, if you were a car, imagine this, imagine that you were a guitar, right? Yeah. And with this guitar, you wanted to play your most favorite song. This is a song that makes you feel expansive. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like your heart is wide open. It makes you feel so joyful. It is your jam, yeah. right? Yeah. But when you go to play this song, because you have not taken the time to tune the strings, yep. the song, although it's kind of there, is distorted, Yeah. right? Yep. And yep. so those strings, that guitar, that's your body, that's your energy, that's your frequency, that's your chakras. And that song is how you live your life, how you want to yep. live your life, how you want to manifest your life, right? Yep. And so when we sit with different forms or this, this plant medicine in particular, what's happening is that it's just helping to tune us up, right? The weights are being released, right? We have to, in order to elevate, you can't take the stuff with you. It is an exchange. It is an exchange. You cannot take your madness with you. You cannot take your rage with you. You cannot take your fucking, you can take any of it. The only thing that you can take is your open heart and your open hand so that you can receive. But if you already have stuff in it, where is it going to go? Where is it going to go? Great analogy, yeah. So, so, so we had that and pretty much Iboga in that ceremony was really about letting me know that what I was doing was what I was meant to be doing and for me to continue to carry on. Um, but after that, what happened was all of a sudden there was this connection to the ancestral realm that I didn't have before that was very present there. Yeah. On the second ceremony was where I had to address, um, forms of rape and physical assault that I had experienced. Oh, wow. It was highly confronting to have to sit there and watch these things happen over again. But it was a healing of that. It was showing me how all the ways I have created experiences of fear around men, you know, the rejection of my feminine body because of that, um, the, the pain that was being stored in my body, all those things were being very healed. And so were you, were you presently aware of the healing? Like, even though it was painful to relive it, were you also kind of simultaneously understanding 
and that for that, no. Okay. For that, it was more so, you know, one of the things that the providers told you, you know, there's not there's nothing in your in your journey that can hurt you. Yeah. And so I've always that's that I'm so glad that that my mind or like not I must say my mind, because my mind has also been the whole thing that I've been working with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that there has just been something in me that has always allowed me to be unafraid of of of, of seeing. Yeah. Right. Of mm-hmm. leaning in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um I've always been very quick to take ownership of stuff. You know, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just very, I don't know. It, it was very easy for me to sit with it, even though it was very uncomfortable. Right. Right. Yep, when, yep. It, like when the ceremony was over, I didn't like go, you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was just very different. My, yeah. my, my relationship to it per se. Yes, yeah. Cause to be quite, quite honest, I thought that I had addressed all of that. So the fact that it was coming up for me was like, Oh, oh you're like, Oh, okay. There's oh. more to go. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I did address it to a certain degree, but I didn't address the ways in which it affected me moving forward. You know, the coping mechanisms, the ways in which I, you know, like the, the, the fear that I had that seemed normal to me. Like whenever I would be in the space of an older man, I would immediately feel a panic. And because I always felt like that, I thought that that was normal. And I remember on that retreat, there was a man there and he fit the perfect criteria of the kind of man that would scare the shit out of me. Um, as even as an adult, you know, and so I rem- and I remember as a child, if I was left in the space of a man for longer than 10 minutes by myself, I would get very upset, get scared. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even my father, because I was just so afraid of, of men, even though he never hurt wow. me, because that was just so in my head. Yeah. And I remember after that ceremony, I kid you not, there was a man, the same man. I was able to sit with him and we sat and we talked for almost two hours, just he and I, and we had the best conversation. And it wasn't until after it was over that I realized that I had been able to sit in a whole conversation without for a single second wondering if he was going to hurt me or if he wanted to. That was wow. the first time that had ever happened in my life. This was after the second? This was after the, cere- after the second ceremony. Wow. It was the first time it ever happened in my life. What a breakthrough. Yeah, it was a massive breakthrough. Are you kidding? It was so massive Yeah. Um, for me. But the thing about it is, you know, one thing that's interesting about Iboga, Iboga is a medicine that is really not about the ceremony, to be quite frank. A, the, the ceremony is literally the jumping off point. Yeah. Yes, you may gain information from the from the ceremony. Yes, there may be a lot of insights that come from the ceremony. Absolutely, for sure, for some. Mm-hmm. Some people come out of a ceremony, girl, they don't know what happened. I've come out of ceremonies and been like, what the hell was that? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Because it had nothing to do with making sense and everything to do with emptying out. Yeah. Right? That's so, how my yeah. ayahuasca so, journey was. It wasn't, yeah. it, it was like I was doing, it, something was happening to me. It was, it impacted my life in, in profound ways, but I didn't know yeah. what, it, what it was in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was, but I think it did something good. It's so interesting how the, how they work, you mm-hmm. know, Ebola is a plant medicine that can stay in your system for months mm. and will continue to work with you for months after wow. you've taken the medicine. If you maintain a clean system, you know, if you're drinking a lot of alcohol, alcohol is a spirit. And so you can't have two spirits in your body. Iboga will leave. Right. Yeah, so, but it will too. stay with you. Mm-hmm. So it was actually after they left that I started to see the changes even more. Like I started to notice that I started to become more assertive in work. I started to notice that where I would hold my tongue before I would be willing to speak my voice more. I started to notice, I started to notice a lot of different changes. One of the biggest things to me was that I started to notice that my, I can feel the presence of my ancestors with me. I can feel it. And that was actually, and so, so that was happening for me. Long story short, they came back for another retreat. And when they came back for that retreat, 
they actually offered me, they like, we had, we built such a rapport, the first yeah. retreat, such a relationship. And it was, it was, and a lot of the teachings and the practices that I was working with, that I do work with mm-hmm. actually go hand in hand with Iboga. Iboga is not attached to dogma. It's not attached to a guru. Iboga plant medicine, Bwiti, the tradition of Bwiti um, that's tied into be Iboga is all about the study of life but the study of your life through personal experience. So how can you align to be the strongest, most aligned version of you? It has nothing to do with anybody else. Yep. And it's all about 100% responsibility. And so that just, it was, it was amazing how a lot of the teachings that I was aligning with, even Reiki it is not a dogma, you know, it's yep. not a religion, you know, it's, it's very, very, you know, just very open. Right. Yep. And so um, we had built a relationship. Obviously, they also saw me be able to sit through massive Ebogarich ceremonies and wake up the very next morning and continue to run properties. And literally, yeah, you do an yeah. Eboga ceremony, you can be in your bed for two or three days sometimes, you wow. know, like, like in recovery. And the yeah. next day, I was up running a property again. So they came back. And they, at this point, they asked me if I would be interested in holding space for them with the retreat. Wow. And I was like, absolutely. Because although I was enjoying my job with Selena, I was also starting to feel a little bit more, a little unfulfilled with my work because all they wanted were, you know, yoga classes and, you know, and the fitness class. And I was just, I was very curious on the mind. I was very curious on the heart. I was, I wanted to go deeper. Right. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't, um, it wasn't the vibe for what I was creating programs for. It just didn't fit. Yep. And so I was starting to feel like, well, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden they're like, come hold space with us. And so I hold space for two ceremonies. I mean, for the whole retreat, actually, Um, I'm working as management in tandem with, you know, um, supporting in in ceremonies. And I feel so alive. I mean, it is, girl, the the retreat was wild. People were going through all the things. And it was so amazing for me to be able to hold space and support people who are willing to do that kind of work, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is work. It really is. Like, it's, it's such a... When you really have like, because what happens with Iboga is like many times in our waking life, we get to choose what we want to think about. Yeah. We get to choose which traumas we repeat and tell our stories to. Sure. You know, we get to choose what we want to look at with Iboga. There is no choice in nothing. This is, wow. is all in there, right? Yeah. So it, it requires, um, yeah, it requires a certain level of courage, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say a so lot of I'm courage. Feeling, a lot of oh courage. Oh my gosh, next level, yeah. next level. yeah. So I, I, I do the retreat. I I'm so fulfilled by the end of the retreat there. They offer me a position to go and work with them. They're like, listen, we're opening up a center here in March. Would you be interested in running this center with us? And I was like, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Because I, I forgot to mention this one thing after my first ceremony, it was absolutely very clear that I had a spiritual soul agreement to work with the medicine. Okay. Um, I remember telling the, 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 the providers what my journey were. And their mouths were all open because they couldn't like, because they, they were so fascinated with how clear Iboga was is speaking to me. You know, yeah. it was just, it was, because I, I mean, now I show, share with you, you know, a few little things, but in that moment, it was like, here's, you know, here's it was, what you, you need know, to so, do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I said, yes. And then they say, well, do you want to go to Africa with us? You know, you would need to get initiated. And so Absolutely. So I go to Africa and um, and November of 2018, Mm -hmm. I go, we get initiated into the Buiti tradition. It was the most life-changing experience for me. I always wanted to go, you know, and and to Africa and, but Mm -hmm. like that, you just never know how that's going to work out per se. And to, it was like the moment my feet hit that soil, like, oh, the, the, the feelings that that, 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 can't even quantify into words what I was feeling by, by being in that space. Right. 
So I did the initiation, we go back and we open the retreat property. And so with that being said, the year of 2019, we held space for over a hundred plus visitors for, for retreats. That is with the Buiti and with Amber and Anthony over at Awaken Your Soul, but I've also held space with other practitioners as well. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, when you have sat and watched over a hundred plus Evola ceremonies, you have a pretty good idea how it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all the different ways in which it will show up. But the, the biggest thing I'll tell you, um, something that came up interesting for me with Evola and how it helped me is that in March of 2018, I started to feel unwell and I was feeling very tired. I was feeling very low in my energy. I was feeling this very simple things were putting me out of my breath and I knew something was off. Mm. And then I started to feel very swollen. My belly started to get swollen. And I just mm. knew, I was like, something's not right. And so Iboga, I can hear it calling me in for a ceremony. And so since I work on a retreat property, you know, Iboga is always available, you know? Yeah. So I didn't, I, I was always very mindful with my microdoses. I never microdosed a lot. You know, I don't, I don't, for me, I, I prefer to work with a medicine or if I microdose, I'll microdose twice, two days out of a week. And then you won't see me microdosing for months, Yeah, you know, okay. because yeah. I don't believe, I believe that like you have to also integrate and sometimes they, be, they become clutches, you yeah. know, and we, yep. we develop unhealthy relationships yeah. with, with, with these tools and these sacred, you know, beings that, that want to support us. And now we're like clutched on to them. Yep. So I could hear that Iboga was calling me in for, for a ceremony. And mm-hmm. so I get something called downloads. I call them downloads. What will happen is that I'll get this very sharp, bright shooting light that will come within my eyes and my third eye. And it'll be a lot of pressure. It'll last for a few moments. And within like, I don't know, sometimes within a few moments to the better part of a day, all of a sudden this new information will start like streaming through. Yeah. And so um, I was sitting at the table and I got a download. And something told me to go up, go up into the field. And so I go into the field, I'm walking back and forth and I'm asking, you know, what do I need to know in this moment? And I can hear Ebola's voice come through very clear. It was like, if you want to feel better, you're going to stop eating meat. You're going to stop drinking coffee and you're going to start doing it right now. And I was like, done. I stopped immediately. I stopped immediately. Yeah. And so then I actually go into my ceremony And it was in my ceremony where we were doing something, um, a a physical healing, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Ibogas, powerful ways of healing the body. Mm -hmm. We were doing a physical healing. We wanted to see what was happening with my body because we knew there was something. And so I go into my stomach. I know that sounds strange, but when you're working with Iboga, you can do a lot of strange things. Um, And so I go into my stomach and I can see that the walls of my stomach were peeling. And I was like, why are the walls peeling? I don't So I was trying to like fix the walls. And I remember Amber asking me, well, what else do you see? And all of a sudden everything got dark and I just saw this tumor growing. And oh. I immediately panicked and she, Amber goes, you know, sometimes Iboga speaks in, you know, hypothetically, so ask it what it means. And I said, is this something that is happening or something that could happen? And it was very clear, this is something that is happening. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? And I was instructed to go to a doctor and I, and I, and I, okay, disclaimer, I appreciate Western medicine. If I fall and break my fucking leg, please take me to a Western doctor. Yeah. Do not yeah. take me to a Reiki master. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, take yeah. me to the doctor. <laughs> yes. Right. But, but I also very strongly believe that we have the ability to heal our bodies on a capacity that we have not been taught and that we have been trained out of believing. I yeah. humbly, strongly believe that. Yep, yep, and so too. when it told me to go to like the doctor, I was just kind of like, how am I doing that? You know? And it's like, so you can know where you need to be focusing on. Right. Yeah. So, Okay. 
I ended up doing a session of five MEO with a girlfriend of mine before Mm -hmm. that. It was a very profound session. It was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was definitely, it was an exorcism of some sort. Something definitely came out of me. I birthed something out of me. Wow. It was, it was, I mean, every... 5-MEO is a very radical medicine that shows yes. up so differently for so many different people. Yep. With that being said, I will absolutely do it again. Like yeah. just, you know, it's not, it's not anything that I won't do again. Yeah. I will do it again. However, my, my experience was very challenging. I had no control over my body. I was, I was the absolute witness. I was flipping and contorting in ways that the human body probably would not be able to flip and contort. Wow. They had to pin me down because I was starting to knock the flesh off of my body and I was bleeding. Oh um, my it, God. No, it was extreme. My eyes were closed and yet I can see everything and everything was just full of hundreds of thousands of eyes blinking at me. It was it was so intense. And it, the, 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 the cry, uh, the cries that came out of me were so ancient. And I can feel the rape of every ancestor that oh. ever lived before me coming out of my wound, right? I can feel it. I can feel mm-hmm. it. I can feel me birthing it out. It was so gnarly. And it took a, it took a few weeks for me, for my integration process for that. But it was very, it was very helpful. I look forward to doing that, that, that medicine again, because I do believe that, I mean, it is, I mean, I, you know, the, the truth it, it is it intense, probably would not but, be the same the next time. That, and no, that's the thing. I mean, no, look, of course not. Me, but we're prob- not the same. Yeah, exactly. We're not the same. Exactly. No, that, that served me such great purpose because whatever came out of my body did not need to be there any longer. Yeah, right. Yeah. So fast forward, I go to the doctor and, you know, and here in Costa Rica, medical care is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, that is one of the most fantastic reasons, <laughs> reasons to even like be and stay and, and wish to live in lands like this, you know, healthcare is very affordable, mm-hmm. um, on all facets. And so I go and I say, Hey, I need to have an ultrasound. And it's funny. No one asked me why they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> no one asked you shit. They're like, okay, you got, you got $12. Wonderful. Go get your ultrasound. <laughs> so I get an ultrasound. I get a bunch of blood work. I pay like not even $10 for my blood work. Oh my God. Wow. Not even. So I get blood work. I get, you know, um, and I go into the ultrasound. And so the, he's looking and the, at the ultrasound and he's looking back and forth at me. And I told him I'm here to, to look for, for tumors. And so he's looking and he goes, how did you know that you needed to be looking for tumors? And I say to him, well, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. And he's like, well, I'd really like to know how you knew. And I was like, well, technically a plant told me. <laughs> technically a plant told me. Yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of like, okay, you're crazy. But yes, you do have tumors. You have, mm. um, you have them. Um, one significantly larger than the other. They were in my uterus. Oh, um, wow. fibroid tumors. Yeah. And, you know, obviously what do, what do doctors like to suggest when it comes down to those things? They want to cut at you. And yeah. when you start cutting at the body and you don't address the emotional, mental, or physical components that help to contribute what it is that you're cutting out of your body, yeah. then you're missing a very important point. Yes. And so I didn't feel as if cutting was going to be a solution. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and I felt guided to get my Louise Hay book. And it was saying that fibroid tumors was rejection of the feminine, hurting, harboring hurt from a previous lover. And then I looked back at my past relationships and I said, well, that shouldn't make sense because I've had some absolute doozies of relationships. Yeah. And so here's what I did. I started doing some deep levels of forgiveness work. I started bringing up and this took, this took weeks. Because you can't think of every guy you ever dated. I'll talk to you. I don't know about you, but I can't because yeah. I, I yeah. dated, right? Yeah. Some people you date for a short amount, some longer, yeah, but sure. even a guy who's in your life for three days can impact you in a certain yeah. way, right? Yeah. 
So I, it was a, a painstakingly process of pulling up guys, writing their names down, and then writing up all the emotions that I was feeling that was coming up around them, right? And then also acknowledging where in my own space I had obviously manifested that into my experience. Like I was like tying the dots yep. and I was doing massive forgiveness work, not only just for them, but also for myself. I was doing a daily energy sessions for myself with Reiki. I was doing acupuncture twice a week. I went ho- straight holistic, straight, all everything, every, every holistic modality you can think of yeah. was my friend. I was getting Thai massages twice a week. Um, you know, I, I had absolutely extreme support from my family at Awaken Your Soul. They, I mean, you have, they showed up for me in such powerful capacities. They were making me celery water. I mean, you can, I mean, you name it. Wow. Just everything that they could do to, to make sure. Because I was scared. I was upset, you know. Yeah, I mean, of so course, many different of things. course. But would you believe it? I went back about two months later and I was able, no, sorry, about three months later. And not only was I able to shrink the tumors, but I was able to move them out of my uterus into my wall. Wow. Without any form of Western medicine. Wow. With all mental, emotional, energetic work and what I was eating and working out. What I was did able your to doctor say? Those. What did he say? Well, I went to a second doctor when I went to go and check it to follow up because the first guy only was an ultrasound. He oh, wasn't someone who was actually God, meant that to, would you know what I mean? Fascinating for him yeah, to see, be like, but you know by what? the way. I'm going to find them because I had the before and afters and it, it's yeah, a, visual, it's a it just, visible difference. You know, because it's, and, it's, what's great is like, look, if at, at the end of the day, if that wasn't doing the trick, if that wasn't working, then- then, then, yeah. Then, you yeah. know, you have options. It doesn't mean like, you know what I'm saying? But like, just mm-hmm. to, to take that approach mm-hmm. first, like, let me do, before, I think it's before so we important. do something intrusive, let me, let me yeah. trust, my, trust my gut. Let me, let me actually participate in the healing of my yeah. own life. Let me yeah. actually be an active participant in my health. You know, growing up, we, and this is, my mom works in the hospital. I, I, I mean, I have friends who are doctors. I have friends who are from all walks of life. This is not to discount anyone. Yeah. This is to encourage the public, to encourage people to trust and understand that you have more power and you have more ability to heal yourself than you may, may, be, may be aware of in this moment, yeah. right? There is so much available to us, so much. But if we begin to just hand over, like here, take away all of my choices and you tell me what to do with myself, we will always find ourselves in not so great places, right? Sometimes we do things that we don't want to do just because we feel pressured because people are putting that on us, you know, like many people were saying that that probably was a good idea to cut it out, you know? Yeah. Plenty, plenty. And I was like, no way, no way. Now, if I would have done all of that and then I didn't get the results and then, then, yeah, okay. We, we explore other, other aspects, Sure, but always lean into your own power first. We are powerful. We are sovereign. I, this is the time. I have the exact same experience. Not only do I agree, Mm -hmm. I, I I live that too, because Mm -hmm. with my own, I've, have a autoimmune that affects my big joints. I had a hip replacement mm-hmm. when I was 22 mm-hmm. and um, it was undiagnosed. It was undiagnosed. So I was in like extraordinary pain, extraordinary. And I still deal with pain, but I'm very big on like working. I was always like very Western medicine. And also what I was mm-hmm. told from, from that is it's only a matter of time until mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. might need to get surgery that you might do this. So mm-hmm. as, as optimistic as I am, the only thing I had ever heard was mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time. So the story I told myself was it's only a matter of time. And it wasn't until out of nowhere, I'm like on uh, mushrooms, actually, 
<clears throat> I'm on mushrooms. I'm, <laughs> I'm dancing. It's one thing is like, I can never, it, it's so helpful just on, I can never feel like any pain on my body. And right, like, I'm always right. like looser after I was like, wow, it's like helping me. But I just remember the moment where it was after my mental constructs of what I thought was possible also started to shift. Yeah, Suddenly yeah. I had this download basically like what else like have you been thinking about your body all wrong mm -hmm. how are you going to heal if you don't think you're going if you think you can't I don't know if you know mm -hmm. Joe Dispenza but he talks about this absolutely oh absolutely. my god 1000 percent yes absolutely and, and now I'm yeah healing. I teach I'm a whole healing. section of that in my program yeah of just like really trusting in that it's so important my it, goodness it is it's the power of the mind huge it just it's so monumental and now my body mm -hmm. every day even when I have little moments I'm like can't trust there's certain things where I'm I was always so fearful around like oh I don't want to do that because I don't want to trigger because I've always done this and I'm like look at that yeah. fear you're operating mm -hmm. in fear what you think if you're afraid that that's going to hurt you guess what you're you're right you're right. If you're afraid, then you're going to create this energetic thing around it. But finally, I was like, you know what? My that is exactly what's saying, hurt. Yeah. My guys are saying like, trust. Is it, does it hurt mm -hmm. or is it uncomfortable? It's like basically asking me to yes. like stretch different. I was like, okay, yeah, it doesn't hurt. I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt. I'm afraid, but mm -hmm. I'm like, does it actually? And now suddenly my mobility is coming back in different ways. So I am very, very of that world as well. Very of that world. And anybody listening and watching, like it is... Give yourself credit for how powerful we all are. You know, for people who are not aware of the personal power that they may have, you know, because so many, they, 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 they don't, you know, we yeah. haven't been taught that we have a lot of power over our mind or our emotions or our energy or our healing. Yeah. I suggest you to become inquisitive, yeah. you know, fall down the rabbit hole. You know, yeah. for me, no one held me by the hand. No one really led me. I was just always very curious. Yeah. You know, I feel as if curiosity is the best way that you can be. Like, can I heal myself? Am yeah. I more powerful than I think I am? Yeah. Start asking those kind of questions. Because when you start asking those kind of questions, the universe works to start answering those questions for you. Yeah. Actually, yes, you are. Actually, here are these resources. You know, there, there is an infinite array of resources, tools, that are available to us, especially now in this age, you know, it's very, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, when I first started working with like Reiki and all of these things, it was not as, as broad as it yeah. is now. Yeah. Right. So that now there, there's just so many channels that can be tricky as well, because yeah. with so many channels, how do you know what is right for you? Right. Yes. So this is where that whole listening to that intuitive nudge from within comes 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 into play, yeah. right? We all have intuition. We all have the ability to tap into our intuition. Yeah. However, intuition is something that must be nurtured. It yeah. must be something that must be tended to. It's like a flower, right? Yeah. In order for it to bloom, you have to water it. You have to give it time. You have to give it love. Yeah. You have to give time, energy, and love into you, yeah. right? Very clear. What do I need? What is my body telling me? Yeah. Be inquisitive with yourself. Do I actually feel well? Yeah. Do I actually feel unat ease? Do I feel happy with my life? Do I feel as if my life is exactly how it could be? Like yeah. for my most optimal way of living, does this feel optimal? Yeah. To are you me? How honest are you willing to be with yourself? Yeah. Right? I how ask, honest? I actually ask out loud and I, and I, mm -hmm. I've noticed how big of a difference it is. Not just like, mm -hmm. Hmm, I feel off. I'm like, I'll ask myself, like, how are you? Like, what's mm -hmm. what's going on if I feel like off mm -hmm. like what's going I mm -hmm. will vocalize it because sometimes mm -hmm. I it's it's like once you hear it I'm like what do you need Kat what do you need mm -hmm. yeah. and it's amazing yeah. how much 
You know, you know. And it's amazing how much the subconscious will actually communicate yes, to you. Yes, it will. Right? Yes, it will. Yeah. It's, you just have to be willing to ask. Yeah. Right. Inner child work is something that you find a lot with Iboga, right? Many of the things that have affected us and that affect us now as adults were things that happened to us in our childhood and our rearing and our upbringing. Yeah. Right. So when we start focusing on inner child work, it's important for us to speak to that inner child within. Yeah. Right. That's something that was very important that was given to me through Iboga, the understanding of like that real being that's inside of me. You know, we're all big ass adults and, and we're all big children in, in adult bodies. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. there's a there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so when you start healing and addressing and working with inner child work like you, you're asking yourself these questions. Ask your inner child, like, what do you need? Like yeah. sometimes I can even see my inner child. I go in, like, I remember one time I I was really in a space of like, I wasn't really taking care of myself properly. I was really going against my truth in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I was holding my tongue a lot. Like I was really, I, I wasn't operating right. Yeah. And I go in and I check on my, on my little self. And there's a ceremony with Iboga where she tucked into my heart. So I know she's always in my heart. Mm. And I go to look for her in my heart and she was in the corner of my heart and she was facing the corner and she wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't come out of the space. And it, it was so... It was so like, it was, it was a very interesting experience to have because I knew that in my moment, this, this was something that was really happening for me. Yeah. And so it, I had to literally coerce her. Like, what do you need? And she needed for one to be held. And I'd ask myself, when was the last time like I was held? Like, when was the last time I allowed like that kind of like love into me? And it's yeah. like, when was the last time I held myself? Yeah. Right. Like when was the last time I held myself? We're so desperate, want all these things from people. We want someone to love us. We want someone to understand us. We want someone to receive us. We want someone to embrace us. However, we don't want to embrace ourselves. We don't receive ourselves. We don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it has to start self first, right? Yeah. Self first, self is everything. Give it to yourself first. And when you start doing that, giving to yourself first, I don't know, like the, I won't say I don't know what I have recognized, what I have seen within my own life, because I am someone who went from, extreme depression, anxiety, wanting to kill myself, not wanting to participate in this life, not liking myself, not embracing myself, not wanting myself. I, I, I know that version very yeah. well. And yeah. I can sit here and speak to you right now, living a very completely different life because I started to get, get curious about myself and because I chose myself. Yeah. I chose myself, Yeah. right? So if there's someone who is questioning their power, I invite you to choose yourself first. Yeah. I invite you to take this moment to choose yourself. Yeah. I choose you, yeah. right? You are chosen. You don't need anyone to choose. You choose yourself. I, I choose to embrace myself. I choose to love myself. And I choose to move in a way that I've never moved before so that I can ensure that I give myself everything that is for the highest and best good for myself and all concerned. I'm going to live my life in that way, Yeah. right? And so, and then you start small steps. One yeah. thing that Iboga teaches you that I have learned is that change, yeah, there's big things that can happen for sure. Mm -hmm. But many times the change that people are so desperately seeking in their lives, it comes yeah. in those very small little shifts, yeah, it does. those very small choices is little bit by little bit by little bit, you know, yeah. and it's, it's following that bread from that bread trail. So, yeah. and you know, then, I, I, and I, then I, you have the <clears throat> flight to Costa Rica moment, but it takes it, you, mm -hmm. you can't just, if you were in the oh, stage no. where you were before, when you were still, oh you, my you, gosh, you couldn't, it takes the steps. This is why patience it does. is tough. Oh my it's goodness. tough for us, especially oh those goodness. that have been on the journey. This whole oh. podcast for me is about, so much of it is about empowerment because I was so disempowered so much mm -hmm. of my life. Felt so mm -hmm. small. I've Hearing your story, I saw so much of myself in it. So much of mm -hmm. it. I was like, wow. Like from everything from even 
being open to talking about, I, I too have had experiences with my guides and receiving messages and downloads and, mm-hmm. in, and that, and that impacted my friendships at one point, you know, oh, yeah. at one point I had a group of friends where I'm like, it suddenly there was, we were out of alignment and that was very painful mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. when you do shift, when you mm-hmm. really start to shift, there are going mm-hmm. to your outside world. There's going to be things that fall away that are no longer for you. And sometimes that's mm-hmm. hard because there could still be love from another version. And, and you're right. Sometimes people don't like you changing. They like what nope. they know. And that's the It's truth. uncomfortable. Yeah. If they're not changing, they don't want you to. People want new. People want to bring in new. I'm ready to receive all the new that the universe has for me, blah, blah, blah. And then the moment everything around them starts falling apart, they're like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's a, it I mean? is an it's ego like death. You have to. Yeah, it is an ego death and in a lot of ways. People. Yeah. And that's with people, too. And sometimes yeah. even family. Yeah. Sometimes even family. Yeah. That's the, Then that's when you really have to like that's when life really starts throwing you for a pit because let me tell you my family I love my family my family they are wonderful yeah um, especially now but in the beginning when I was on this path coming from a very southern baptist down south upbringing get a job all of a sudden about speaking about energy coming out of my hands and all of this yeah. stuff yeah, yeah obviously there was there was some resistance right me coming into the house all in this positive attitude and there, you know it was just my, my, my family kind of fought me on it for a while. They, they, yeah. they weren't receiving it. They weren't hearing it. It was just kind of like, no, nah, you need to go pray to God. You need to go to church. You need, you need exorcism. It was that kind of thing. And now it's like, I remember my sister, she calls me for advice. My mom is like, when can you send me some Reiki? I need energy. You know, oh, like. Oh, wow. It's so beautiful to yeah. hear that it's come full circle though. Because I lived it. I, because I was not going, because I, I kept with it. You know, I yeah. didn't let them talk me out of it. I continued to live it. At first, I would try to go home and teach it. I would try to go home and share it. I would try to go home and implement it. I would try to go home and this is, you know, and try to show it. Yeah. And then when I stopped doing that and I just started living it, yeah. that's when I actually saw my family getting curious and, you know, and, or when I actually gave them a session and they were like, wow, I feel oh, good. this isn't, yeah, they yeah. felt it. And I was yeah. like, so I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I don't even, it's not me, obviously this, what I do when I'm in session with clients, I definitely believe that most of that has nothing to do with me. Cause it's, I, don't, I can't even explain it. Um, open channel but yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, because you would say, oh, I'm a healer. And it's like, it really has nothing to do with me. I'm a vessel. vessel, I'm a channel. I am a faithful, 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 faithful child and servant of the divine. And I allow my body to be a vessel as much as I can so that I can support everyone who I am blessed to to be able to be in service to. And I'm really thankful for that. That's what um, this that, that's what this has been when you were talking about like leaning in and leaning into the unknown like that's what this, this whole process has been for me. There is so mm-hmm. many unknowns and like have faith, cat. Mm-hmm. It's whenever I try to control the outside and, and fear mm-hmm. and and the practicalities of life start getting in, I get pulled back into like honestly true faith at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just like you need trust. Trust that you're you have okay. to trust. And so I do Oof. and it's not easy. It is not, no, it's not it's not easy. Not. And that's, that's the thing is like, I feel like people also need to know, I'm like, it takes, I can't even tell you how much I've cried this year. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how much I've cried, but the, but I wouldn't take back one tear, mm-hmm. not one mm-hmm. tear for every day, waking up with a new understanding every day, choosing yeah. myself, like you were saying every day, every day mm-hmm. asking myself, like, is this right for you? You align. And then on, 
I have, I would say every day, but that's I would, but but that wouldn't be true for me. I'll say most days. Yeah. So I definitely have days where I woke up and like where I wake up and I'm in the shit. You know, yeah. I'm so far in the shit. And it's like sometimes like what I what I this is one of the biggest things I learned between last year and this year, because like you, I had really last year was very hard for me. It was just I was just being it was oh my gosh, it was hard for everyone, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and for so many reasons. But speaking on my about my own space, my own journey, my own path, it was very difficult for me. I left I lost my grandmother last year, who was like a mother to me to COVID. That was oh, wow. a, a very huge like disruption for me and my my heart, my spirit. Obviously, everything that was happening from a political, from a racial standpoint, yeah. energetically, I feel all of that. So I was having all of that going on. Yeah. And you know, sometimes like you have your days where it's like it's heavy. Yeah. And I remember there would be days where I would try to push myself out of it. And I recognize that even that was out of alignment. Like right. sometimes the only way to get through something is to actually sit fully with it and to allow yourself to feel it. Fully. We feel bad and we want to do it. We want to get out of it. Yeah. Sometimes, yes, it's important. If you wake up and you shitty, then yes, you have the power to say, you know what, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do all the things that are going to fill me up so I can feel better. Yes. But then you also have days where like, Every is heavy and like the the, the the will is not necessarily there. And that's okay too. That is a very necessary day. Yep. Right. So I have those days where it's like, I'm just like, I remember I was at the beach. What was it? A few weeks ago. And I saw a girlfriend and she was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like bathing in my misery. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel bad about, about it. This is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. And I was just in that space. And the very next day I felt like so much space because what happens is, energy emotion energy is emotion is an energy in motion so this emotion is coming up for you this feeling is coming up for you but what's happening is that so you're trying to deny it yeah. and so you're trying to stop it and so by stopping it the emotion is not able to flow so yes. it's actually not able to release so yeah. basically you're re you're Pushing perpetuating it for it to stay back yeah yeah it's yeah. staying there and no, you some days you're just really gonna be in the shit and just knowing that this is a moment this it's is a, a moment. necessary moment you know one yeah. thing, speaking about faith, I wanted to tie into, you know, faith is such a, a big word for me because faith for me is not hypothetical. You know, sometimes faith, people have faith when things are good and then yeah, when yeah. things are looking questions, all of a sudden that faith is kind of off. That is exactly when the faith must take the most amplified space in your life is when you are in a hard space, that's when the faith must be the biggest, yeah. right? I always tell people that spiritual practice is not a byproduct of happiness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Happiness is a byproduct of spiritual practice. Yeah. And your life is your spiritual practice. You are a spirit. You are a divine soul, right? And we must nurture. We must, every, your life is your practice. Nothing is easy. Many, many of the things that we're going to move through are difficult. When you go to the gym the first few times, that shit sucks. Your, yeah. your, 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 your ache is hard to lift the weights, but that doesn't mean you don't keep doing it. Yeah. You go by the next week, it starts to feel easier. You're starting to see the results. You got that cut. You know, you, yeah. you want to go and now, and now you get fueled by it because you're starting to actually see the results but they took time yeah right it takes time it takes time so yeah that faith is so important you know i really wanted to give you some space to ask me a few questions about iboga yeah uh, I, I would so important uh, yeah i would love to <laughs> i've got a few just i'm gonna do it from as if i was interested and so just yeah few things let's do like, it what is the what is like the preparation like is there any certain diet how long does it last what are you actually consuming mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, preparation for Iboga can be different for many people. Obviously, a lot of times coffee is something that's not really encouraged per se. 
diet, unlike ayahuasca, where there is a very strong diet that people have yes. to do, yes. there is not a big diet for, for, for Iboga. Okay. okay? Yep. Um, so we don't really push um, a big dietary guidelines on, on participating guests. Guests receive a packet and this packet is a questionnaire. And it's basically a way for you to begin looking at yourself. That's the biggest preparation, right? Yeah. It's why am I doing really this? starting yeah. the process of yeah. why am I stepping into this experience? What is it that I want to look at? Why am I, you know, seeking this form of, you know, of a modality? That's pretty much like the biggest preparation. Yeah. There, just to be quite honest, because Evoga shows up so differently for so many people, preparation is kind of tricky, right? It's just more so preparing yourself to be able to receive. Yep. Because you never know what you're going to get, right? Yep. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a fly by all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is for one, just, you know, making sure that you yourself Many times when someone agrees to Iboga, Iboga will start working with them right away. Yep. Right. Yep. They will start seeing things happening in their life. They get to the property and they're like, I said yes to Iboga and everything just started happening. And I'm yeah. like, welcome to the world of Iboga. Yeah. So the preparation is that. So there, there is no necessarily big preparation. There is no big dietary follow ways of which you need to follow. However, different medications um, and, and uh, of that sort may have contraindications. So you would review that with Anthony. He is the main facilitator. I am a co-facilitator. He's a provider. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's the person who takes care of all of those things, but preparating preparation wise is like, yeah, like prepare your mind, prepare your heart. You're getting ready to really go into something that is going to allow you to face yourself. However, many times people come in with a lot of fear and it's not necessary. They come in and they're afraid because they go online, they read all this stuff yeah. and they're like, they get all of these stories about all these different things and they come in like, I'm afraid. And I'm like, no, it's okay. You know? So I always encourage people, if you're going to read about Iboga, go to the places that you're going to um, like, check out some retreat properties, check out their reviews, learn about and hear about Iboga from people who've actually sat with Iboga. That's a very important thing, yeah. right? Because oh, yeah. a lot of t- things that you see online are for people that actually never took the medicine before. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to do that kind of research, go ahead. I didn't know anything. And I'm telling you, that was probably, for me, it was the best way yeah. to show in because you come in with no expectations. Mm-hmm. The best way to prepare for Iboga is throw your expectations out of the window. Right. Truly. Yeah. Because you will come with an intention. Maybe my intention is to deal with my, my trauma when I was eight. Okay, perfect. But that trauma when you were eight is affecting or, hap- or, or push something to happen when you were 25. So you're going to come in and yeah, your focus may be that, yeah. but you may be directed to look at all these other things that have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So releasing expectations, freeing yourself of expectations as, as much as you can yep. uh, would be a great way to prepare for, for the medicine. Other than that, uh, that that's is a pretty simple okay. uh, prep process. Cool. Obviously, being making sure that you can you know travel to where you're going, you know yeah. whatever requirements in Costa Rica, there are not any requirements for visitors. We don't require a COVID test. We don't require a vaccine. People can come, and we do have centers that are open. Um, not just the Boga centers, but all kinds of retreat properties yeah. and facilitator stations are open now. So yeah, who's at Boga for? To, you know, I hear. I think we hear a lot about you know, addiction. And I would love to know the difference is, is Iboga and Ibogaine, which we're hearing a lot of stuff right mm-hmm. now around Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. Is, it the, is it one? Is it the same? And two, who are they for Iboga okay. and Ibogaine? Perfect. So Iboga is a plant, is a tree, is a shrub. It grows in equatorial West Africa. It grows about the height 
of seven feet to 30 feet. So it can Whoa. be small. It's more of a shrub size. Okay. Um, and the root is what is ingested of the plant. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is Iboga is the whole root. Okay. There has been nothing edited, nothing taken away, nothing subtracted. It is a full plant, the full experience. So it has soul essence and all. Yep. Okay. Iboga is great for people who are dealing with depression, people who have anxiety, people who have PTSD, people who have addictive behavior. So when we think about addiction, when we think addiction, the mind automatically goes to substance. Yeah. And yes, that is true. However, you can be addic addicted to food, addicted to cigarettes, addicted to drama, addicted to your story, addicted to pain. Yep. You can be addicted to so many different things, yep. right? Yep. So it helps with neurological issues. Okay. Um, it helps with detoxifying the body out of all kinds of anything that is really just not meant to be there. It also helps to heal brain tissue. Wow. So research shows it is healing brain tissues and it's regenerating our neuroplasticity. Wow. So this is a so very powerful kind of a medicine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. It helps to elevate our dopamine and our serotonin levels. So wow. it's a, it's, it's a, it works in a lot of different spaces, right? That's when we're speaking about Iboga, full plant, you know, that's when you have a lot of your, the, the spiritual essence comes through, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Ibogaine is an alkaloid of Iboga. So okay. it is a subtraction from Iboga. Okay. okay? okay. Mm -hmm. It is without, as, as how I can explain it is, is that it is without the, the essence, the soul is missing. So it's mm. just a purge. It's just the, the detoxification. It cuts off the addictive receptors in the brain. Okay. So Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, it cuts off the addiction receptors in the brain. So this is why the this is why the results are so profound with ibogaine because it literally goes directly to the addiction and just cuts it, right? So you will have people who have been struggling with, I mean, serious addictions for numbers of years who've yeah. tried all forms of therapies without having any form of real breakthrough or, you know, or falling back and then going to do ibogaine and they, they get that breakthrough. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so many times this is without vision. Um, however, there are people that 1000% report having experiences with spirit, but many times that that is not, it is done in okay. clinical settings. So it's done with doctors. Oh, I see. It okay. is done. Yeah. It is not done by like a, a provider that's been trained in, in Africa. Right. This is a very Westernized way of working with the medicine. Okay. I see. Mm -hmm. uh, with us, we are very much within the tradition. So it is okay. very ceremonial. Yeah. It is, um, it, it is very, you're, you're, you are in a, a very relaxing environment, you're a very beautiful environment. And then when you're doing it with eyeball game, many times you're in more medicalized settings, yeah, yeah. right? Are your um, eyes you're, closed you're not or open? Lay on a mattress and you are put with an eye mask and you stay there for the remainder of the evening. It creates um, a disconnect from the body. So a lot of times, you know, being able to walk is challenging. Yeah. Um, so me, the guests just lie. And during that time, they are just having their experience. Um, however, they are not so far in experience that they can't connect with you. Like, right. So they can be in their journey. You can ask them a question. They can answer you and tell you what's happening for them in their journey. So you're aware, but you're also in a state of like dream state. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it like, it's a dance it of the two. It yeah. Does. So you're you're laying there. The ceremony begins around eight o'clock or nine. We start around the fire. We share, you know, the tradition of Bwiti. Of we share personal insights about the medicine. We allow the guests to share their intentions. Like, you know, what do they want to focus on? 
And then the medicine is administered. It is given through um, a tablespoon, you're right, and you, it is swallowed. You can chew it if you like. There are people who chew it. I prefer to just swallow it. However, at times I will chew. But you swallow it and onsets of symptoms can take anywhere from some people 10 minutes, some people an hour, right? So it kind of depends. But once you drop in, the ceremony lasts throughout the night. We cut the music at sunrise, right? Um, However, that's not necessarily the end of the ceremony. Many times guests are still very much in the process. They are allowed to either lay on their mattress and stay where they are, or we help them to their rooms where they will be in a state of that's where you start to find like the awareness has come up. You know, it's like a snow globe. Bogle is like a snow globe. It goes into the mind, shakes it up. You don't know what's happening. And over the course of the days, weeks, and months, what happens is that that snow slowly starts to settle. Wow. And then you start to get the full picture. It's a, it's a, it's an extended process. It is not a one and done. No, this is something that continues to go. That is why I actually offer Iboga integration support. The reason why is because, and this is with any plant medicine, you know, you have so many people, they go and they sit with these medicines, they have these absolutely beautiful, profound experiences, and then they go back home into everyday life and nothing's really changed. They have no idea how do they implement these new understandings into the life that they're living right now, right? Like, okay, I understand I need to set healthy boundaries, but I've never set healthy boundaries in my life. So now I'm here. How do I do that? Yeah. Right. So not only are they facing that, but the medicine is still unfolding. So they're still getting information. They're still getting wisdoms, you know, months later. So I do Iboga integration support, helping people to bring their experience into like their actual physical living life so that, you know, they're able to, to hold on to that, to maintain that, to, to really embody, you know, whatever truth it is that's been revealed to them. It's very yeah. important. Any ceremony is only the beginning, right? Yeah. Only the beginning. Yep. Another thing that Iboga is very great for is, obviously total self review and also ancestral healing, right? Obviously. Yeah. Healing our, our ancestral wounds. I've done beautiful healings with my grandmother's amazing healings with my mom. So I've done so much work with my mother with this medicine and it has allowed me to just really have such a beautiful way of looking at her because for a very long time, it was, it was a very strained way. You know, I was, I, I was very upset and very sad and very, holding on to a lot of stuff. And it's such a beautiful thing that I've been gifted the ability to see the innocence and the purity in my mother, you know, where at times I just, I, I, there was nothing, I I just couldn't. Right. Would she consider Um, sitting with the medicine? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> not, not that girl, far. Not that girl, far. I have to hide. Let me tell you, when I go home and I even I can't even smoke my weed in peace, girl. My <laughs> marijuana is just like, no. We're telling her to sit with a plant medicine. She kicked me out. That is hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to see how far you can take her. But Reiki, she we stop at Reiki. Me out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> my, my question is, I know it's all good. Is there any downside or harmful aspects that people should be aware of? Is there anybody that medically that is probably not right for a boga? Yeah, you know, and with that being the case, we, we require EKGs, right? Okay. Having a having a good heart, having a strong heart is, is very important because what happens when the boga sets on is that the heart rate begins to slow down. Okay. Um, so if your heart is already irregular and then you're taking a medicine or a substance that will irregular, like make it even more irregular, yes. we don't want to do that, right? So that's a big thing. That is the main thing that we really focus on is making sure that, you know, the heart rate as well. For people that are dealing with addiction, 
Yeah, you know, depending on like where they are in their addictions, if their bodies are very weak and they're not in a very strong space, like with anything, whether it's Ebola, whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's a surgery, no matter what it is, the body can, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think one of the ways that any medicine can become harmful is when it is being administered out of hands that are not properly trained to do so. That Mm -hmm. is a very big thing in this time right now. Yes. Because what's happening is that now you're seeing in the United States that these medicines are becoming decriminalized, which is awesome. But what's also happening is that now you're seeing that all kinds of people are deciding that they're shamans and they want to serve the medicine. Yeah. Right. And so yep. they're getting medicine offline from, you know, like these online sources. They have no idea where these medicines are coming from. They have no idea if this is actually what they say it is. You know, you're running a very large risk. Yep. Right. Primate, you know, even with, with ayahuasca or iboga, yep. like Although we're so used to the physical world, it is so important for us to realize that there is a whole spiritual domain that is very real. Yeah. Right. And when you sit with those plant medicines, you are bridging the gap between the physical and the spiritual. Right. And so if you don't, if you're not well versed in how to like maintain a whole safe container so that that spiritual realm is held within integrity, then that is, you know, that can create all kinds of, you don't want that. Right. Yeah. So if you're someone who is seeking If you are someone who is considering working with plant medicine, whether it's Iboga, whether it's Ayahuasca, whether it's Combo, no matter what it is, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is ensure that the person who you are deciding to sit with is someone that is actually ready, someone that is actually fully prepared, someone that has been fully trained, someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, That's so important. Don't let your friend from down the street give you some medicine that they gave you down the street. You have no idea how medicines can manifest. Yes. You sometimes, there's something called soul retrieval. The soul can get lost. You have to go out and get the soul. Yeah. Like I, shamans have to go get the soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Real. I, in my ayahuasca ceremony, actually, some are the the shaman who was, who was great, but he was talking about a guy that had sat with him a bunch of times, got a little, I don't know, cocky or arrogant and thought that he could, he got his hands on the medicine and thought he could just do it on his own in, mm-hmm. in his house. And of course- I don't even know how he managed to call, but in sheer panic, terror around Mm. the experience, being alone. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how you Mm -hmm. traumatize. You know, this this is serious shit. It is serious. It is serious serious. shit. It is not something to be played with. You know, even- even It's not recreational. Not at all. And and the thing (laughs) is, even with like mushrooms and things, I talk about that too, is like, look, mushrooms are not nearly, I don't think as I- maybe not as powerful as like uh an iboga or an ayahuasca but god damn it's like just it, it is, is, it's so it beautiful is, though yeah, oh my it's like my oh my it gosh is, that's one of my favorites oh, girl oh, oh. i am a psilocybin lover fully oh, i so embrace and appreciate the amazingness the, the the beauty that comes from psilocybin it is so next level i think is if you've never sat with plant medicine Anything, I feel as if psilocybin is yeah. a beautiful place that is, to start to within the right container, exactly. right people, Again, all those things. You that's know, what I was going to say. Everything. Like, even with that being, it's probably, yeah, a good place to start. But again, yeah. like, it also can be it's not to be taken lightly be with the right nope. people nope. in the right set and setting 
can go south and it has for a lot of people it has mm-hmm. I've, I've the first time i did it 16 it went south and thankfully i got back i got a whole podcast about it yeah so, you know we're here well. but <laughs> but yeah no, it's, i know it's certain but but because i think people don't understand also what you're saying about the the bridging of the world and and this is not to say like whatever your belief system is it's not about like putting making no. somebody spiritual but the thing is something does happen there is some there mm-hmm. is something viscerally mm-hmm. happening to you whatever just whatever your belief is like you there is a what feels like a lowering of the veil now whether or not yeah. your belief is it's just my brain on a drug mm-hmm. tripping okay fine mm-hmm. but something's happening mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. there is something's happening something's happening and people have a lot of experiences with entities and other beings mm-hmm. and and Sometimes it can be darker, you know, like there's mm-hmm. like, yeah, 1000%. You, you need somebody, especially with those bigger plant medicines that can mm-hmm. hold the space mm-hmm. because that's uh, so important. Yeah, it's important. So, so for um, people, the last, they should be the worst place you want to find yourself is having a journey and you're not in, you're not being held in the proper, in the proper light. That's the word. Right. You don't want that. And so <laughs> no. what should people look for? You know, I think if people are, are thinking about it and I, you know, obviously my last question to you is going to be, if people want to work with you, how could they, but even just uh-huh. taking a step back before we get specifically um with with how people can specifically work with you what what should they just be looking for in their facilitators in the places that they go so that you know they they feel as comfortable as they can before they go you know and and this is something i really want to always make sure i express you know i've only been in the plant medicine world for like what three years Mm -hmm. so you know always my the biggest (laughs) the biggest uh suggestion i can give you is to listen to your intuition yeah. Right. Obviously, make sure that these people have been trained, whoever you're working with. If someone is offering, if you're saying, OK, I want to sit with Iboga. Yep. Right. And so you're looking for an Iboga center. Right. But you find Jack down the street who's offering Iboga. Well, obviously, I would say most likely lean into the Iboga center first. Yes. Right. Look mm-hmm. at the centers. Look at what they offer. Look at what the experiences are like. Talk to them. Speak to the providers. I'd speak to your provider. Call, set an appointment. I would like to speak with you. I would like to share with you, you know, what I would like to work on, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like make that reach out. However, I always say you don't find Iboga, Iboga finds you for sure. You don't find Iboga, Iboga Mm -hmm. finds you. If Iboga is in your field, is it, well now, especially, but if it's in your field, like, because you feel compelled, then being open is one of the best things as well. In Costa Rica, obviously we have Awaken Your Soul. That is a retreat property that I am with Awaken Your Soul. Anthony is a provider. He has been trained with Mogenda. Mogenda is a 10th generational shaman. He is a shaman who is responsible for bringing Iboga out of the West, right? So when we think about, you know, who you want to sit with, I would say you want to sit with people who are training with the best, as far as I'm concerned, right? Uh, You want to put your life in someone's hand, you go to the best. What the best is can be different for everyone, right? There are powerful healers and centers and Mexico, Colombia, there are Iboga centers all over the world. So mm-hmm. wherever you are in the world, there's something that is reachable for you. However, yeah. here in Costa Rica, awaken your soul, yeah. right? Yeah. Reach out to Anthony. I am not a provider. I'm a co-facilitator. My role in retreats is to hold space in retreats. My role in retreats is to support guests throughout their journey. I offer energy clearings. I offer workshops. You know, I do one-on-one spiritual support. You know, I do Iboga integration support. 
I do not serve the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I am actually, uh, I've now taken my apprenticeship to begin the process to begin to serve the yep. medicine, but I don't serve the medicine, right? Yep. So reaching out to Anthony would be a phenomenal way if you were curious about working with Iboga in Costa Rica. Um, I assure you, you will be held in the most sacred space. I am not there full time. I will be there in June and July supporting retreats again. My first year I was full time now because I have my own practice. Mm-hmm. I split my time. Yep. Um, so I'll be there in June and July. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's, so much re- there's so much resources. There's so many resources that are available in regards to Iboga. There's centers. Look up Google, Iboga centers. Yeah. Where are you at? And then call and talk to the providers. Always speak to them first and listen to that nudge. If something inside of you doesn't feel right, feels off, take a moment, yeah. take time. Maybe it is that provider, it's just not that time, right? Yeah. yeah. So listening into the, the, to the intuition, listening to your inner wisdom and, 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 and reaching out, right? Well, I know for myself, uh, there is not even a question of a doubt that when, not if, but when I have an iboga, I keep saying iboga, like get it together, iboga. It's okay. When I have an iboga, (laughs) I'm like, how many different times can I hear you say it correct and me say it wrong? (laughs) You know, honestly, at the the retreat property, we have people that say iboga. Really? Okay. Okay. All right. right. Iboga, the spirit of iboga is okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's not offended. God has many names. It's like, (laughs) it's it's okay. I know what you Mean, yeah, right? you want to sit with me? Like, you're good. You can call me whatever you want. So, in Buiti, which is the Buiti, which is the tradition around Iboga, yeah, Basse means truth. So, it's like another way of saying amen, aho, Basse. 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 Where can Mm -hmm. people find you online with your website, socials? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website is www.iamravenmarie.com. Here you can find links to different programs that I offer, workbooks that I offer, also information about Iboga as well. My Instagram handle is also reflections of the divine. I'll send it to you. You can yep, put it in your, put it in in your bio. And my main Instagram is ravenmarie111. So find me, connect with me, reach out to me. I want to hear you. I want to know you. I want to answer your your questions and, and support you in any way that I can. So mm. thank you so much, Kat, hey, for, for having you. me. What a thank story. You for- <laughs> thank you. Really, I can't, if yeah. I was watching or listening to this and I was interested, I would be reaching out to you. And I hope a lot of people oh, that's awesome yeah i hope so i'm so thankful and thank you all to tune for tuning in and listening you know i have really made the attention of of putting myself out more and to be doing more things like podcasts and so kat thank you so much for being a a beautiful manifestation of of something i really wanted to have in my life you you are my angel this day so thank you so much and thank you for the work that you do. How cool, girlfriend. Oh, I'm so like, oh, so I really amazing. It. I wish so much blessing upon this endeavor. I hope that this grows so freaking big. I cannot wait <laughs> to tune in to you and Joe Rogan talking. Uh, I'm so excited. I hope so. I hope it's so. so exciting. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. Yes. And for everyone watching and listening, as always, trip on this.